This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, May 1st, 2016. Holy living, be holy. Morning, Connection Church. Our focus for May is the book of 1 Peter, found in the second part of the Bible, the New Testament. It's written by the disciple Peter, the same Peter who denied Jesus three times just prior to the crucifixion. The same Peter who on the day of Pentecost stood up in the public square and preached the good news of Jesus Christ to anyone who was willing to listen. Now this book, 1 Peter, has many themes, but underlying it all, it is a, it is a letter of encouragement from Peter to the believers who were scattered throughout Asia Minor at the time. Its overriding theme is the idea of holy living. Now we're gonna break that down week by week, chapter by chapter, as we consider how Peter shared with his readers that they should, should be pure, they should be honoring, they should be good, they should be humble. This morning, Peter tells us to be holy. Let's get started. Yes, let's get started. Welcome, Connection Church. Thank you so much for coming today. My name's Carrie Jones. Wait a minute. You said welcome. I heard. It's 11 o'clock. Good morning. Good morning. Whoa, I, I thought we were talking to an audience, a uh, congregation that was like, okay. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who've been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, we just want to share with you this morning that one of uh, our church family, uh, Bill Salswistral, who attended this service and sometimes 945, passed away just a little while ago. And his wife is Leslie, and um, he's really young, 62. Please pray for Leslie and Bill's girls, Dana and Debbie, as they walk through today. It's a tough day. But he knew the Lord. And so he did not die without hope, which is what we all have, passing from this life to new life. Just wanna also take a, a pastoral privilege to ask for prayers for my dad. His cancer is back and things are going really haywire. He's in the hospital right now. So um, it's a very busy week here coming up and just prayers for um, strength for all of us. Thank you. Let's go to God in prayer. God, we thank you for today, and um, we are so grateful that you uh, never leave us nor forsake us, and that in the midst of the mountaintops and the valleys, that we can feel and sense your peace that passes all understanding, and for that we're so grateful. Thank you for this letter that was written by your disciple Peter and for what we can learn from it and live by it. We pray this in your name. Everybody gathered said, amen. Amen. So I was thinking about our friend Koshi Baby this week. For those not familiar with Koshi, he's a pastor friend in New Delhi, uh, India. He serves in a slum across from where his church and where he lives. There's a slum of 100,000 people in a square mile. Uh, the living conditions there, you would not <laughs> believe if you didn't see them. Uh, we've had the privilege of being there. Several people from the congregation have been there on a, a mission trip. Uh, in fact, we were talking about him this week because 
Carrie and I are planning on going in November uh, to uh, do the groundwork for a mission trip from Connection Church there the following late October, early November uh, 2017. So start putting away your nickels for that trip there. Anyway, um, we send money over to help with his ministry there. And uh, Connection Church for several years has just enjoyed a great relationship with Koshi. We, we raise money for some land where they build a school and now serve like a thousand kids. Uh, that's incredible. What a love, we send money for milk. What a little milk and Jesus will do in the eyes of kids over in India. It's just, it's incredible what the difference that makes. So anyway, we were uh, talking about him because of the connection we've had here with him over the years. Well, Koshi and other pastors around the world face persecution every single day. Their lives are constantly in danger. Christians are in a great minority in certain pockets and places in our world. And it can be very dangerous for them to claim Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And so outside of the United States, there are people who are very gutsy and very dedicated and faithful as they carry out the work that God has called them to carry out. And so please keep brothers and sisters all over our planet who are in those pockets of places that are dangerous. Lift them up in prayer. God's timing is incredible this week. Barry was doing a videoing someone who's going to be baptized shortly. We tried to do a video uh, for their uh, testimony. And um, it turns out this person had, had, had been under persecution uh, in a previous life. So check so out So the this. baptism's for her daughter. Oh, for her daughter. I'm for sorry. For her daughter, yeah. but the family was there to share what it meant. Here you go. Check this out. Happy because I was born in Ukraine, which was part of Soviet Union, and uh, faith was persecuted. And all of my family actually suffered from to be faithful, and we have to keep everything in secret. So my mom was dismissed from school, and she was nine year old just for attending a church service on Easter. And uh, when I was in university, college, it's also prohibited. And I was baptized when I was, it's actually in secret because it's such, you know, public step was really danger for family to lose jobs. And, and I'm very happy that in America, we can do this freely. And so they come and bring their daughter to America and she can be baptized freely, mm -hmm. unlike her mother who was baptized in secret. I'll tell you what, though, when you're that, that Christianity underground like it was in, in Russia for years and years and years, if you're a Christian, you, you're faithful because your life is constantly on the line. Amen? Amen. Yeah. So we mentioned these things this morning uh, because even though we don't face that kind of persecution here, she said, come here and openly have your child baptized, it seems things in our society are kind of moving though. You know, it used to be a, a God-fearing society, <coughs> Christ-centered, not so much anymore uh, as it used to be, not so widespread as it used to be. Um, and, and it's showing up in the movies. We recently saw the movie God's Not Dead Part Two. Anybody seen that? Yeah, if, if you haven't, I would encourage you. It's a good movie. Um, uh, condensed storyline. Uh, gosh, I just realized I did a what do they call that when you give away the ending? Yeah. 
Spoiler alert. Okay. Story of a teacher, this is very condensed, a believer who's, been, who's taken to court before imposing a religious beliefs on her students. That was the result of a student in class when they were talking about Gandhi and Martin Luther King Jr. asking a question about Jesus in relationship and she using the scripture as a, as a basis for her answer, okay? Okay, so, okay, here's a spoiler. I'm not going to tell you that she was found innocent. Okay, so the really interesting part, is, the really interesting part is at the end in the credits, uh, we see case after case after case in the United States of people facing this kind of persecution, especially like in schools or in public uh, places like that. And so, and what we find then is what, what seemed to be the exception now is becoming more and more commonplace, this kind of persecution in our country. Yeah, that really caught our attention. We were so surprised to see that right here in our country. Uh, you know, we haven't had to deal directly with persecution up to this point, not, not direct, but we're certainly aware that it is all around us. And things seem to get more and more challenging every single day. Have you experienced any kind of persecution? Do you feel persecuted for what you believe, for who you believe in? When you hear stories in the news, does, does that concern you, like get your attention or make you a little bit nervous? Do you wonder, what's going to happen next? How far is this anti-Christian thing going to go? When will I be persecuted for my faith? Hmm. And it's real easy to say, well, it's because of what other people are doing, but you have to question too is, as a Christ follower, is there anything I'm doing that's helping to fuel that flame? Is there anything I'm doing to cause this? For example, um, as a Christ follower, when I'm around people, do they feel more that I'm judging them more than I'm loving them from my Christian background? Are, are the non-believers, when I'm with them, they made, are they made to feel more excluded than included by my talk and action? Um, uh, you know, when they're in, in touch with me, do... Do I truly share Christ's love in all my interactions throughout the day? Do, do I truly love unconditionally, or, or am I kind of hypocritical and judgmental when I'm with non-believers rather than loving like Christ calls me to be? You know, what, 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 what part of it can I claim, and what do I need to change? Persecution, it's certainly not a new thing. It's been here all along. Um, in the Christian church, it's, it's the reason why Peter, the disciple Peter, wrote the book that we have in our Bible called First Peter. That's original. Isn't it? It's original, <laughs> named right after him. So Peter wrote a letter to some believers uh, who were persecuted back in his day and time. And in the very first verse, Peter addresses the, those who read it, his audience, as Exiles, believers <laughs> living in Asia Minor. We're not really sure why he called them exiles if they're outcast because of their faith or because they're living in a foreign place, but they are exiles. 
either way. But this letter that Peter wrote is a letter of encouragement, a letter to keep the faith to those he's writing to in the midst of persecution. He begins the letter by praising God for allowing us to be born again in the living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. He goes on to remind the people that even though they haven't seen Jesus, they love him. Even though they do not see him now, they are filled with joy. And through him, through Christ, they're receiving the salvation of their souls. And then Peter gives the persecuted believers, the outcasts, the exiles, some pointed direction, some spiritual advice. We love the way that Eugene Peterson translates uh, it in the message. Take a look. Peter writes, so roll up your sleeves. Put your mind in gear. Be totally ready to receive the gift that's coming when Jesus arrives. Don't lazily slip back into those old grooves of evil, doing just what you feel like doing. You don't know any better then. You didn't know any better then. You do now. As obedient children, let yourselves be pulled into a way of life shaped by God's life a life energetic and blazing with holiness. Say the rest with me. God said, I am holy, you be holy. God is holy, you be holy. Be holy. Holy, it's a, it's a word that comes from the Greek word hagios, which means to be different. And so holy means to be different, to be set apart in service to God. And so Peter's encouraging these people in exile, these believers who are surrounded by persecution to stay true to the faith, to stay focused on Jesus who is coming back, and to roll up their sleeves and do the hard work of not being drawn into the culture that surrounds them, not drawn back into what they used to do or be a part of, but to be holy, to be set apart for a life I love this. Shaped by God's life, a life energetic and blazing with holiness. Blazing with holiness. On fire for God. God is holy. We're to be holy. Blazing. So what does that look like? Well, if we peek ahead into next week's uh, chapter, we'll be looking at chapter 2 next week. Peter tells us a little bit of what it looks like. Peter writes this, Therefore... Rid yourself of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So to be holy, to be set apart, means to get rid of the, uh, the uh, behaviors that Peter outlines here, the behaviors that were part of who we were before we had a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Is this an easy thing to do and continue to do? No. Not really. It's so easy to fall back into old behaviors, especially bad ones. Are we able to do it? Yes, with the help of the Holy Spirit who guides, encourages, and gives us strength. As believers who are new in Jesus Christ, in whom the old is gone, the new is come, we cannot allow ourselves to lazily, I love this, lazily slip back into those old grooves. You know, a groove is just a 
Just, it reminds me of the old uh, LP records. You know, a groove just goes around and around and around. And there's old grooves of evil doing just what we feel like doing. You call out to God for help, Peter writes, and he helps. He's a good father that way. But don't forget, he's also a responsible father and won't let you get by with sloppy living. So you better be careful what you ask for. If you ask God for help, and he helps, just as any good father helps his children when they cry out, right? But a good father, a responsible father, a caring and loving father doesn't stop there. He calls his children to accountability, not allowing them to get by with sloppy living. He tells them not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear, even when they don't want to hear it. <laughs> he pushes them to do what is right. And our Father, our Heavenly Father that we speak of here, is, is that's who we speak of. It was true for the people Peter was writing to. It's true for you and me here today. God calls us to be faithful followers of Jesus Christ, encouraged and empowered by God's Holy Spirit, focused on the new person we are, not the old person we were, living out our new life in Christ, not our old life of evil that we've left behind as we give God what we've got and love our neighbors as ourselves. Peter encourages those in exile by writing this. Your life is a journey you must travel with a deep consciousness of God. It cost God plenty to get you out of that dead-end, empty-headed life you grew up in. He paid with Christ's sacrifice, sacred blood, you know, he died like an unblemished sacrificial lamb, and this was no afterthought, even though it has only lately, at the end of the ages, become public knowledge. God always knew he was going to do this for you. It's because this sacrificed Messiah, whom God then raised from the dead and glorified, that you trust God, that you know you have a future in God. And so Peter reminds the exiles, and in so doing reminds us of the price that this new life uh, has cost, what, what it has been paid for to get this new life. And we didn't pay it, did we? No. If we, if we were to read, instead of the message, the New Living Translation, what it tells us is that it wasn't purchased with perishable things, like gold and silver, the, the currency of most other purchases. No, no, this life has been purchased with blood. It's a lifeblood purchase. And it's not the blood of a sacrificial lamb, but the sacrificial lamb, Jesus Christ. Ultimate. He was the ultimate once and for all sacrifice. The never need to sacrifice a lamb again sacrifice. The one and only son of God sacrifice. He was the not an afterthought sacrifice, but a God knew it from the beginning sacrifice. And Peter reminds the exiles and us, that thanks to the sacrifice of the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, raised from the dead and glorified, that then we are able to trust God and that we are able to have an eternal future with God Almighty. Amen. Awesome. So the question for us is, 
are we living with an awareness of that sacrifice, living our lives grateful for what Jesus Christ did for us? We'd like to ask uh, each other, ourselves, deep down, are we living lives worthy of the sacrifice? The truth is, we aren't worthy of what Jesus did. And so, are we living lives that are different, set apart, holy living, like, like we're trying to be worthy of what Jesus did for us? Are we living bold lives set apart for Christ? Now that you've kinged up your lives by following the truth, love one another as if your lives depended on it. Your new life is not like your old life. Your old birth came from mortal sperm. Your, your new birth comes from God's living word. Just think, a life conceived by God himself. That's what the prophet said. The old life is a grass life. Its beauty is short-lived as wildflowers. Grass dries up. Flowers droop. God's word goes on and on forever. This is the word that conceived the new life in you. <laughs> We've been given new life in Jesus. God's living word, Jesus Christ. And more and more, the world around us is just contrary to that, to Jesus, to the values in, in Scripture. And if we're not careful, we can just kind of get sucked in. It's kind of like a slow fade. We don't even realize it at times. And so often, we're encouraged to live these self-centered lives. And remember also that evil lurks and wants to confuse and change and scramble things so that the Christian life doesn't seem relevant anymore. But it is. Just as Peter called um, the exiles in Asia Minor to be holy, we too are called to be holy, to be set apart for God and for God's service. Set apart so that the world can see Jesus Christ through us. We need to ask ourselves, ask yourself, are those around you, especially those who are, are far from God, do they see Christ through you? Do they see the fruit of the Spirit that we spoke of last week? Are you a witness to the good news of Jesus Christ, who Jesus calls you to be? Is your life holy and set apart? Not set apart as a negative judgment on those around you, but set apart so that people can be encouraged by the Jesus that they see in you. When you came in today, you should have gotten a program. Please open the program and pull this out. It's a little piece of paper with red writing. It says, The Prayer of St. Francis of Assisi. Is there any family that doesn't have one of these? Hold on just a second. Now, I need you to wave them. I want to make every sure. The last service, nobody was waving. Somehow we hadn't gotten. Okay. Oh, that feels good, doesn't it, Carrie? Thank you. It was getting a little warm up here. Right Put over here. Put your hand up if you need one. Put your one. hands up, please, if you need, uh, need one of these, a family. And ba uh, back in, yeah, there we go. Uh, Dan, there's one in the back there. 
Any others? Right over here. Great. And by the way, after service, if you need more for your family, they'll be available from the ushers. Okay? Now, this is a, a little prayer. Um, it gives kind of, to me, it seems clear direction on how to be holy, how to be set apart and be used by God to share the good news to the world, or at least your little corner of the world. It's a prayer that's generally attributed to St. Francis of Assisi back in the 13th century. If you're not familiar with Francis, rather than taking your valuable time this morning, I'd say go on Google. It'd be well worth your time to check out St. Francis. Anyway, this is a good set-me-apart, Lord, for holiness prayer. Let's share it together. Lord, Lord make, make me an, an instrument, instrument of thy, of thy peace. peace. Where, Where there is, is hatred, hatred, let me so love. love. Where there, there is injury, injury pardon. pardon. Where, Where there, there is, is doubt, doubt, faith. Where, Where there, there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. joy. O, o divine Master, master grant that, that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive it, it is, is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. life. Amen. I would encourage you to take this prayer with you. Tape it on your bathroom mirror. Put it someplace in your car. Put someplace on your dresser so that when you get up in the morning you can share this prayer. Because this is a good prayer for reminding us to be set apart, to be different, to be holy. Again, if you need more, yeah, maybe there's two of you each need one or whatever. On the way out, the ushers will have those available. Please pick up another copy or two if you need those. So a couple weeks ago, we gave you another prayer as we were teaching on the Holy Spirit. And it's the prayer of the Holy, you know, come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. And so what we're trying to do is give you tools to connect vertically. And then this holy lifestyle is first of all, honoring God, but it really does make a difference in, in our lives and to the people who we come in, in contact with. This prayer is a reminder to us to be different, to be set apart, to be holy, not for the sake of judging others, but for the sake of others seeing Jesus in us, in all that we say, and in all that we do, so that through our holiness, others can see God in us, not by our preaching out, but by our reaching out. Not by our condemnation, but by our consideration. Not by our alienation, but by our affirmation not by our hatred, but by our love. As Christians, we should be known by our love. Love trumps all. And so keep this prayer handy, along with some of the other tools that we've given you, because it's all about connecting with Jesus and the new life he offers, and that is a life set apart, holy, reflecting Jesus Christ to those 
who we meet. Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, our takeaway scripture. It's not hard for us to remember. God said, I am holy, you be holy. That's the good news. Let's live it and let's believe it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, first of all, we want to thank you for your word found in Scripture in, written by Peter, 1 Peter. And God, help us open up our Bibles and read chapter 1 this week and, and review it and read it again. Thank you for the guidelines and oftentimes the commands that you give us so to order our lives so that we might be a holy and living sacrifice to you. And Lord, we, we often fail. We, we love you, we believe in you, we stake our life in you, but we fail. So help us each and every day realize that we are in desperate need of you, of your guidance, of your love. Thank you for your holiness. We... Your holiness is glorious. And teach us every day by your Holy Spirit to live holy as you are holy. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church. Connecting people with Jesus.